From the Duck South Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. We're mass communicating. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. This is the End of the Line Podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I give it a, uh, a 10. A 10. Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that. And now, here's your host, Rocky LaFleur. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Also starring Josh Webb, Jake LaTondras, Rob Kroon, David Ellis, and Ramsey Russell. Showtime. Right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Showtime, everybody! Showtime! Welcome to the End of the Line podcast. I'm Rocky LaFleur in the Ducks House Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. Joining me from Jackson, West Avent. West Star, how was your weekend? Uh, really, I guess it's been the same as it's been the past month, month and a half. I've sat around and uh, I've cooked. Right now, I could challenge Bobby Flay on this grill. I've mastered it after a month and a half. I've figured out so many different ways. I've done cast iron skillets and open fire. I've gotten really creative because it's boring during this whole stay-at-home thing. How was yours? Uneventful. Uneventful for sure. Same old, same old. I'm about to get bored. If I don't get a haircut, I I literally am going to get by, take my clippers from 4-H and shave my head. I about did it, but I had a friend... Jay, it, it actually happened. It's we, I got a haircut because of the ESPN uh, Zone Show. Believe it or not, I was listening to Jake Wimberly, and uh, I, I noticed he had a haircut. And I was and I, I messaged him. I said, "Man, how did you? How who cut your hair?" So I got the hook up on that through an ESPN. Uh, I was listening to it on the radio, so I got a haircut, and uh, it's pretty cool. We we snuck that in there. I can't say who or where. But we snuck it in there because I was looking like Sid Vicious. It was bad. <laughs> Who would ever think we'd live in a day and age where it would really be difficult to get a haircut? I didn't, it never even crossed my mind. It, it never hey, it never crossed my mind. <laughs> can't get toilet paper. Can't get a haircut. It, it, you look, I'm, I'm a handshake guy. And, man, I, I see people all the time. I'll see them out. And, you know, it's the first just – if you're a handshaker, you, it's just so just inside of you when you see somebody, you know, to kind of stick your hand out. And now you're like, whoa, whoa. Well, I shake their hands with the people that I know. I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm not a fist uh, that, bump guy. I don't. I don't get into fist bump unless something big happens. That's the only way that I think that you should do the fist bump. I've never been a fist bump guy either. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm more along with you. Said the shake hands. You know, shake hands. Grip it and rip it, man. Hard. Grip yeah. hard. Squeeze the hell out, out of the hand. Yes, no doubt. 
But I want to get back to something. When you were talking about the haircut, I want to tell you, man, I found out something. And I, and I got to let everybody know. We're going to be running low on meats. Uh, I got word from several different sources. They've laid off, obviously, thousands of people down at Tyson and whatnot. There's going to be, there, you know, and I, I'm not an alarmist. I like to give information out, and but I think this is pretty critical. You need to go to the store and buy meats while you can. And buy, buy, go about twice a week, buy you a couple things of hamburger meat and put it in the freezer. Because there's going to be a month or two where we don't have meat. Yeah, this is a real thing. Shorted. Yeah, it's gonna, yeah. I, I think it's gonna, we're going to go a month where there's going to be a, a, a shortage on poultry, uh, beef, and even yeah. even hogs. I mean, people don't understand. The, uh, I mean, look, a lot of our stuff is processed here. We get stuff from China. And, and, you know, China in the end pretty much owns all of the pork plants in the United States, you know, if they're not shipping it here. But, yeah, there's going to be a shortage because, they're you know, they're just not able to put the workers in place uh, to to create that supply. There's not a shortage of cows or chickens or or pigs right. by any means, but there right. is a shortage of workers to process that meat. Correct. You're exactly right. And that that's the reason I was wanting to, to throw that out there. You know, I don't mean go and, and, and during the toilet paper crisis where you got to go buy you 100 damn packs of hamburger meat, like, you know, 100 packs of toilet paper. Because uh, we didn't have a toilet paper shortage until somebody thought it would be cool to have a Facebook challenge or, or this, you know, just a theory to see if you could control the human mind to buy toilet paper. That's exactly what happened. And it oh, worked. Yeah. It worked. People fell for that mess. Yep. Oh, man. Hey, this, you know, but I, I got to talk to you about this, man. So I'm not seeing it anywhere. Listen, any big news that's coming out right now that that would you would – Find from credible sources. It's not being talked about on the mainstream media. What I mean by that is your your your. And I mean the TV shows, the TV uh, newscast. You know, one that broke yesterday that I have heard nobody talk about this morning. I don't know if you've seen it, and it is credible sources: Washington Post, ABC News, Fox News. Did you see the Pentagon released videos? Do the press. U UFOs. Of UFOs. Man, I keep up with this. I keep up with this. Uh, I saw that. And this basically, the guy, there's a, there's a thing on Netflix. For the life of me, I can't think of his name. But he swears up and down that UFOs are real. Uh, he worked at Area 51. Uh, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, if you if you've got a computer in front of you, but um, I, I don't. But he he swears up and down this exists, and he was explaining the shapes and what they do in the sky. He said this thirty years ago. He said they can move. Up, you know exactly what you saw in the video. Well. Fast forward in today, what he said 30 years ago is exactly what's in that video. That's what they look like, and that's what they did in the sky. 
Now, how wild is that? He said that 30 years ago. And, uh, yeah. yeah, there's a show on Netflix about it. It's been, this whole topic, it's been one, usually I choose a side. I, I very easily choose a side, no matter no matter what you're talking about. But the UFO discussion has been something I've been kind of on the fence about. I could go either way. I've had fighter pilots and airline pilots, and you know, that come through my business in the Mississippi Delta with with my outfitting business, and you talk to let's let's just you put a number on it. Let's say I had ten ten fighter fighter pilots or airline pilots that that came through my business. I would say I would say that at least three of them have witnessed or seen a UFO. I'm not saying a space alien ship or whatever you want to call it. They saw something that they did not they didn't know what it was. And it moved in ways that uh aircraft should not move. Shouldn't move. I can believe it. I can one hundred percent believe it. And by the way, the guy's name is Bob Lazar. Uh, Bob, Bob Lazar is his name. He's a very that's a very interesting uh, cat. Uh, there's there's lawyers, there's people high up in the industry that but that support this guy. The, the hit the FBI just raided his house not too long ago. This is a real thing. But anyway, back to Bob Lazar. I just want to throw that out there. So so you guys go look it up on YouTube and go on Netflix and watch it. It is crazy. It'll send chills up your spine. But yes, as far as the Delta is concerned, I can believe it. I can believe it. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that that's where my hunting outfitting business was. And I had a lot of airline pilots and um, fighter jet pilots that were taking vacations that would come in and hunt with me. You sit around the fire pit and, you know, listen to their stories. And it's amazing. It it is. But I, I was alluding to the fact that. In the Mississippi Delta, oh, yeah. there's there's no – some of the craziest shit I've ever seen in the sky was actually in the Mississippi Delta because there's no uh, – you know, there's no tall buildings. There's uh, – because at night, there's no lights. The sky is as clear as anywhere in America, basically, uh, other than Alaska or something like that. But you can see everything. And you can you can see weird stuff. So, I've, oh, yeah. I've I've heard of people talk about that as well, and it makes you wonder if we had to classify this this one video that got leaked. We had to declassify it. It got it got leaked on purpose for a reason. Somebody wants us to know that this is out there. And imagine how many other videos are classified that they're not telling us. There's got to be a lot of them. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of them. You know, people are saying, "Oh man, they're 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 going to storm and take over the world and and end us." If these guys have, if these creatures or entities have the ability to come over here at any given point and do what they do. They have the ability to wipe us out at any given moment, and I don't think they want to. We're such a primitive 
primitive state of being, they probably just coming on by saying, "Hey, let's you want to see something funny? Let's go, let's go down the neighborhood. Neighborhood as being the universe. Let's go down the street and go look at Earth. Look at these crazy people. They're funny." <laughs> It's just a theory. I don't know. Do you remember? Do you remember back in? I guess we we were probably in high school. Do you remember that movie that came out somewhere around ninety two, ninety three, ninety four, somewhere in there? It was called Fire in the Sky. Yes, Fire in the Sky. Wasn't Fire in the Sky. Based off, the, I, wasn't it kind of based off of the story from the guy from uh, either Mobile or Biloxi, somewhere down on the coast? The guy that was kidnapped by the aliens. Yeah, he was in his truck, and uh, he disappeared. And said that they went up there and they put this jelly in his mouth and put a chip in him, or you know, it, it, he still sticks to that story till this day. Yes, sir. His, his his friends don't sort of like Bob Lazar. You know, um, you have to wonder. Is this the biggest fraud of that we can ever think of, or is he this serious that he's going to maintain this story for over thirty years and not and not move from it? He's passed lie detector tests. He he's been everything fits the puzzle. So you got to believe some of it to the extent of it. Hell, I, I don't know. You can let me let me put it this way. It's it's like uh, it's like I was told once we hadn't even got to the in the bottom of our ocean, the deepest depths. Human beings, how how are we convinced that they're we're the only entity in the universe? We're not. We can't. We're finding out new new creatures on our own Earth. I think once once every two or three months that we didn't even know existed. I think a lot of the stuff that has been mistaken for UFOs, you got oh, yeah. you got to see the other side of it is that, uh, of stuff. You know, you, you take the oh god, what was the the flying wing? What was that? I'm losing my mind today. Arizona. Yeah. What was the what was the you know the in the nineties the the Arizona light wasn't the, it? the, the, the the, the fighter that looks like a flying wing. They, oh, the the, be, the bomber, the be, the, be, yeah. the bomber. Yeah. I mean, yeah. anyway, you take you take test aircraft that nobody knew about at the time. You know, you see those flying. You know, in in close to Arizona or New Mexico, in these places where they test these aircraft, where you know there's not a lot of people uh, living. But the people that pass through, oh, I saw it, you know, I saw a UFO. Well, it, you got to say from the other side that some of that had to be Air Force or, you know, new aircraft that they were testing that nobody knew about. Well, 100%. 100%. But how do you explain these exact same sightings that happened during the Civil War? Or... During the Mayans and Incans and Aztecs and Egyptian, you know, there, there's actual soldiers from the Civil War that have said 
that they have seen something in the sky and they drew it and described it and it's exactly what we're talking about today. The same stuff. This has been here. It's it's always been here. Um, I have to admit, Wes, the first thing I thought of is exactly what you said, though. Why now? Somebody, somebody had access to this video, and they were given the permission to release it. Somebody said, you know what? Let's go leak this video so it will force us to have to declassify it. It's the same thing with recruiting and college football. Let's leak these little tidbits so it will give the audience something to believe in. Will he come here? Will he go there? That's I, There is a reason they did it. Now, for whatever reason, we could sit here and go over it and, and, and have theories, and, but there's a reason it was released. There's a reason it's declassified now, and it happened 100%. It's not a hoax. Those pilots saw what, and you know, it's not even labeled a UFO now. I forgot the actual terminology for it, but they stopped calling this an unidentified flying object. Yeah, I, I actually saw that this morning. They stopped doing it. You know why they stopped doing it? Because they're seeing it so much. It's now not un, unidentified. It's actually, there's a category for it because they know what it is. They see it. So they have to put it into a category. It's wild, man. It's so there's so much out there. It's just so much out there. And I'm glad I'm I'm glad it got released because it's it's opening up people's eyes. It's opening up people's eyes. And that might be why it was released, because everybody is so closed minded. You feel what I'm saying? Oh yeah. But I, I, the timing of it just it just is just strange. Well, they release it right up during a pandemic. Yeah. Let, let me let me let me tell you something. <clears throat> I had a really uh, I knew a guy in, in Florida. The UAP. Really that's what they it's what they call them now. UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena. Yep. I knew it wasn't a UFO, but uh, I've got a guy down in Florida, um, I've known for years. He's my go-to. You know, everybody's got their go-to guy that they talk to to get information from. I'm not going to tell the guy's name for his, I just can't. But he is convinced, and this, this dude, this dude is, he runs multiple businesses. Uh, he's pretty known. And he said, Wes, these UFOs, they come back. Have you ever noticed it's during – in a big part of history, like they, they spot UFOs during the Civil War. They spotted them during the Spanish War. They spotted them during Vietnam. They spotted, they spotted them during Hurricane Katrina. They, they spotted them after uh, Hiroshima and Hiroshima and Nagasaki dropped, and now they're spotting them right during this. You, you ever notice that? He is convinced oh, yeah. that he is convinced that whatever this is is coming in time to see special events on the world. I was like blown away by this. I was like, I never even thought about that, you know, because it is true that whenever you hear about a spotting of a UFO, it's, it's when there's always something crazy going on. 
it's not like Tiger Woods is out there at the Masters and a UFO lands on 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 the third hole. You know, <laughs> it's going to be during a war, a pandemic, some type of 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 natural disaster. And I I have to agree with that. That assessment. I, to, I, I will have to admit, 1994 Independence Day was one of my favorite movies all time seen in a movie theater. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. It was groundbreaking at the time. Yeah, that man, type of tech, AIG technology or whatever. Is it, uh, no, it was 96. Sorry, 96. 96. Hold your roll. But, it, man, there was a slew of movies that came out that summer of 96. God, I think Forrest Gump came out at that, that time. Twister maybe came out at the same time. I mean, the movie theater was loaded with great movies. It was for, it was for two years there, actually, because The Matrix came out shortly after that. Yeah, that's right. The, the, exactly those, right. In those two or three years span, the movies were, were was a big thing. But anyway, continue with what you're saying. Nah, man, it, it just it blows me away. I, I think about Little Small Greenwood and that movie theater. When there were good movies on, man, there were a lot of people that moved theater. And all these small towns that used to have movie theaters, you know, no longer. You have to go to, for us, where it used to when I lived in Delta. But now, I mean, I go to Oxford to see a movie. But when I lived in the Delta, we'd have to drive to Jackson or... Uh, Grenada, which really wasn't the greatest theater in the world. Right. It just, man, something that's been on my mind with this pandemic going on, with so much media, so many movies being consumed now, and, and these production companies being able to release these movies without going through the movie theater, do you think it's going to change after this is over with? Think we're gonna do things differently? Uh, uh, I I don't know. I think we might reverse time on this, where we go back to a more basic, a more basic uh, way, like um, drive-in movie theaters. Uh, right now would be a great time to open up a drive-in movie theater. You know. Oh yeah. I actually people people have been wanting to do that for quite a long time and this could this could push the button on that but as far as the way that you think that it might slow down movie theaters let me tell you something if people walking into a public place with machine guns and doing mass killings I don't think, and people still go to the movie theaters. I don't think this virus is going to stop people from going to the movie theaters. And that's and th this goes beyond movie theaters. Well, no, 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 no. We, what I'm saying is, if you're able to just buy the movie online for four dollars and fifty cents instead of traveling to a movie theater, you know, through some streaming service, you're dang right. I'm going to pay four fifty for or ten nine ten bucks for my whole family to watch a movie instead of going to a theater. Because it, the thing that people don't understand about a movie theater, and I used to be dumb to this too, movie theaters don't make any money off of a ticket. Maybe 50 cents, a dollar. Their money is made just like a restaurant. It's in the food service. If you're, you're right, but it's the experience. Pe people want to be able to sit. Well, I, I'm going to be real with you. 
just just to break this point home, do you know where I saw Avatar when it came out? I I I, I have seen. I wanted to see, and, and with my own eyes, the biggest screen I could possibly see with the best sound, the best quality. So I went to an IMAX theater in St. Louis, Missouri to watch oh, wow. Avatar, to watch Avatar. And, I, and I'm so glad. Well, it's not like I drove eight hours. I was living in St. Louis at the time. But <clears throat> I should have left that out. The story would sound a lot cooler. But anyway, no, the... I saw, I saw Avatar there, and it was the experience, the 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 bass, the thundering sounds. You you, you people will want to do that. You you can't. I don't know of a lot of people that have a two thousand watt surround sound, you know, IMAX theater system in their living room. You know, uh, I I don't. I personally, right offhand, I don't know anybody that has that, but I think that. If people want to see the the big experience like that, they're going to go to the movie theater. And I get it. They make their movie off of popcorn because popcorn is probably 25 cents. They charge you $19 for a small Coke, uh, 42 gummy bears, and, and three gallons of popcorn. I get it. It's, that's where they make their money. Oh, it is. You people know, think that they're making a killing when the line's backed up, you know, 100 deep trying to buy a ticket but man they're not making anything off of a movie ticket all that money is going to it's going back straight back to the production company that made the movie but yeah no no doubt you know no, no yeah. doubt because i know no wait, go ahead no i mean it's a food service it is it is it's a food service industry it is a, a food service business that's all it is you know somebody asked i saw where Somebody in your in your live feed, or maybe it was in another post that you made, said, "Man, how do, how are we going to go back to restaurants or bars after all is said and done?" Uh, yeah, that was in my that was live feed. Yeah. How are they going to well, open back up? Well, it's uh, there's two different processes. Um, number one, if you have a patio and it's coming up summertime, you're instantly going to make money. Because people, it's not so much the people that are eating. The workers don't want to be around these strange people coming inside the building. So, like your Mexican restaurants, what, 95% of them have an enormous patio. They're going to make a killing. A lot of people, you can social distance and all that stuff outside. Um, that I think that's one process to get it going curbside um that's another but actual bars they're doomed when they when they depend 100 percent of having a massive crowd with a band they're done well not not a bar but a venue sort of speak you see what i'm saying an actual venue right. like the amphitheater shit like that 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 day we we probably won't see that till Summer of twenty one, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that there's going to be you're going to see a rearranging of tables, spacing in between tables in your favorite restaurants and bars. Um, there's going to be a, a appropriate distance made for you before you go in the restaurant. 
per se. You know, and I hate going into restaurants. I hate going in some of these fine dining restaurants. And literally, if I put my hand down beside my leg, I'm touching somebody else's hand. You know, you know where they've got that that long uh, uh, seat across the wall, and then you have a table, and then you have a chair in front of that. You know, and they have these tables just lined up. Just, you have just enough room to go in between the tables to get out and go to the restroom or the bar. I, I, I don't like, listen, when I go to a restaurant and it's me and my wife, I don't want somebody sitting right next to me listening to my conversation. No, uh-uh, no. I'm getting more and more like my, my, my granddaddy. I'm just getting better at the world. I don't want to sit next to no damn body anyway. Um, I don't. It, when I'm eating, that's my number yeah. one thing. I don't. I don't want to hear somebody eat. I don't want to look at them eat. Um, you know, I don't. I don't mind being in the grove and sitting around. But I have a beer in my hand. We're in a football atmosphere. It's going to be packed in like sardines. But if I'm paying, if I'm going to give a business seventy dollars for a steak and a glass of wine, I don't want uh, oh Tom, Dick, and Harry sitting right next to me and I hear them conversation about PTO meetings. You know, <laughs> I think that's I think that's the reason in the Delta, like Lusco's and stuff like that where they had private curtained rooms. That oh, I, I I got I got kind of spoiled with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Lusco's is off. I I love that privacy. And so many people uh packed, drove a hundred miles to get to Lusco's to 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 be offered that privacy. You pulled the curtain Z back, and you you yeah. and your people are the only people in that restaurant. It seems That's a, you you basically are. You have your own private room. You know, um, it's it's the best thing ever. Not to mention the food is outstanding. I would challenge a Lusco steak against any any restaurant. Even Doe's. I, I, I like Lusco steaks better than Doe's. Sorry, guys out there listening. I, I, I love you too, Doe's. But I just, I just prefer Lusco's. You know, the Pinkston family puts out a solid product. Always has. Oh, man, the, 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 uh, the broiled shrimp with Ooh. the Lusco sauce and the bread. Man. There's nothing bad mm. there. You, I will put Lusco shrimp up against any appetizer in the United States. I, I agree with that. I, I really agree with it. You know, here here in Mississippi, we have some of the best food on the planet. You know, they talk about obesity. I don't mind uh, if, if 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 somebody told me. They're gonna strip my food away from me from Mississippi. Um, to put me to where it's at, you know. That like so the Mayflower in Jackson. Did you know that Maxim Magazine rated their comeback sauce as the number one comeback sauce on the planet, right here in Jackson, Mississippi? Um, oh man, it is fine. Yes. It is. So, so I just had my first experience there last April. April the 30th was the, I don't know how I remember that date, but it, man, everybody should try that. 
Yeah, it's, we, it's, it's We need crazy. to make a list, man. We need, to, we need to have a podcast where we just make a list of places to stop in the state of Mississippi. I'm sure there's places that you've been that I hadn't been, but we, you and I need to compose that list and talk about it on a podcast. That, that would be a week-long podcast because, because I'm going to tell you something. We could start breaking this down. I could I could do subcategories, and the best fried chicken on the planet is right there at the Double Quick in Cleveland, Mississippi. A gas station. You know, <laughs> I could really break this down. People laugh at me. I don't give a damn. You take me to Cleveland, Mississippi at the Double Quick. I will put that woman's fried chicken against anybody. Anybody. <laughs> you know, it, it, we have so much food here. That we oh, have yeah. got to do that, and I agree. I agree 100%. That, 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 we, we need to put that list together. I'm serious, Wes. L- let's do it sometime. I, even if we do it as a like a sub-part episode, you know, where it's just a random late night, hey, you're drinking a whiskey drink, I got one in my hand, and we're just talking about restaurants and the certain food that you should try when you go there. This is right up my alley, you know, being in the service industry for over 20 years. We got to do it. I agree. Because people are missing out. The best food on the planet is in Mississippi, bar none. That's that's just how it works. How it works. Hey, you, hey let me have you, switching topics real quick. So I, did, I found out this weekend that, that and not really switching topics as it, can, it pertains to food, but my wife diagnosed me with... I don't know how to pronounce this, but I think it's misophonia. Have you ever heard that term? No. First, wait a minute. You you got diagnosed by your wife? <laughs> a, a a veterinary <laughs> diagnosis of a human. Oh, okay. So, I was I was like I was like, what, where are we going with this? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> all right, sorry. So, is it's either misophonia or misophonia? I'm not. I don't know exactly how to pronounce it, so I'm not going to sound like an expert, but it is it is a psychological di- condition that if you hear a certain sound, it angers you, it enrages you without without you really even thinking about it. Oh, you is mean this- you mean rap music? <laughs> <laughs> So I can hear somebody. Look, I I can literally hear somebody smacking from across the room, oh. making mouth, oh. mouth sounds. No, I can't. They're chewing gum with their mouth open. I'll slap you in the face. I, I'll, look, look, I'll start dry heaving when I hear somebody smacking, and I hadn't always been like this. It's just happened over the past ten or fifteen years. Well, my, maybe my, I have. My, I'm going to self-diagnose myself. Then I have it too. I think all of us have this one thing, and it's not voluntary that, you know, the the action that happens is not voluntary. It's involuntary. You know, I don't know why it all – I'll be sitting at the table with my father-in-law, and he has a kind of an oddly shaped mouth, but it, when he, 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 like, gets into tasting his food, like, he, his tongue touches the top of his mouth, and he eats with his mouth open – Love my father-in-law to death, but I'll, I'll start just gagging, man. Right. It's like, uh, it just makes yeah, me chew, sick. 
Yeah, t- chewing gum, your mouth open, chew- eating with your mouth open, anything food-related or smacking, uh, it infuriates me. I- I'll lose my appetite. I'll lose my appetite very quickly. Uh, I- 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 there's other things that trigger me as far as sounds are concerned. Um, I think it could be roll tide. Like, I'd rather just die. I could be having an intellectual conversation with somebody about the end of the world. Let's hypothetically say somebody has come up to me and they said, hey, Wes, the world is going to end on this day and I have proof. If somebody, and and if I sit through two hours of this and then at the end he says, roll tide, I will punch him in his face. And I will totally forget what he just said. <laughs> That's another one. It's like smacking your gums. Roll Tide. Sorry, I, I do have Bama fans out there. I'm not. I'm not making fun of you. It's. It's. I guess it's. I guess it's the way how you feel about when we say hotty tidy. So I kind of get it. Or Hell State, you know, or any of that stuff. I get it. Facetiming at a restaurant, man. That that enrages me. Listen, if you got to get on the phone, you know, you don't have to be on speakerphone or FaceTime. Put the phone up to your ear and, and talk quietly or, or go outside if you want to talk loud. I don't know what it is, man. I could I could pick up a knife and throw it at somebody. Yeah. I went on a date Maybe. one time, and that lady, all she did was sit on her phone. I never talked to her again. That that was That was it. Can't do it. Oh. Uh, my, look, it'd be interesting to to hear what if, if there's certain sounds that trigger you. Uh, I'd like to hear if anybody else has that. Hey, swapping gears again, Wes. Draft this weekend. I don't think that there were big surprises in the draft. No, 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 not at all. That not not at all. Actually, yes, there was. The people that didn't get drafted was the big surprise. There was a lot of people that last year would have gone in the second or third round but didn't even get drafted this year. You know, I, I could mention so many of those people. Uh, the, the, the one surprise to me was Jalen Hurts to the Eagles. I was yeah, that, one, was that one fits for me. It fits for me. It, well, everybody thinks Donovan McNabb. Yeah. I get it. I think I think that's why it fits, but I really was seeing him at the Steelers. To be honest with you, um, I was convinced he was going there, but that didn't pan out. Um, it was just overall a very boring draft. I like you know, how it was we, produced. The production side of it was awesome. I like to see the family reactions at home like that. The the yeah. It, it gives you more of like a high school signing day type atmosphere. You know, like uh, we're sitting around waiting to see. And you get to see how excited they are, the production end of it. But a lot of them actually know before they say live, hey, you're about to get a phone call from the Bengals. You're about to get a phone call from the 49ers. So they're expecting it. But, yeah, they, people are going to be creative. They have to be creative in today's age. That's that's what they're doing with with uh, wrestling right now. Do you know that their next pay per view event, Vince McMahon is having the wrestlers wrestle on top 
of the WWE headquarters building live on top of it. Wow. I hadn't heard about that. Hey, speaking of the draft, Wes, how did two bookends got put on the shelf for Mississippi football fans? And that, what I mean is Leo Lewis not getting drafted or Shea Patterson. Well, actually, this is what I thought was going to happen the whole time. Let me let me tell you. There between the both of them, Leo. Okay, let, let's start out with Shea Patterson. He has transferred. I, go ahead. Now let me ask you this: out of high school, both these kids are. I think Leo was a four-star. Shea was the number two quarterback in the nation. I think Eason was the only guy ahead of him at the time. Coming out of high school, in your mind, let's let's go back four years. Who had the most potential to make it to the NFL and get a spot? Shea Patterson, 100%. That's not even a question. 100 percent it's just that's what i was about to jump into he was a he still is a gifted athlete but the problem is with him his commitment level if i'm an nfl scout there's two things i want are you a team player which neither leo lewis and shea patterson are not leo is a snitch and he lied for whatever reason i'm not taking sides here but i know he basically threw Mississippi State and Ole Miss under the bus. Shea Patterson has thrown under the bus every team he's ever played with. He tra- through high school, he's transferred three different times, I believe. In college, he went to let's see, three different or no, two different Ole Miss and now to Michigan. I mean, his commitment level is questionable. And see, if you're an NFL scout. There's two things that you do not want in your locker room. Number one is to create drama. They both do that. There's issues big time with Leo Lewis. There's issues big time with Shea Patterson. It would, cre- it would create locker room drama. Number two, are you a team player like I alluded to before? Neither one of them are team players. How can you be a team player when you don't even care about your own university that you're going to put them and you're not going to put them before yourself. I saw this unfold. I said two years ago, I did not believe that that definitely Leo Lewis would get you. I didn't believe. I, to be honest with you, I didn't think he was that damn good to begin with. I'm being for real here. As far as an NFL, t- he there was way better. There's way more talented linebackers at Mississippi State than Leo Lewis. You know, if you want to look at the big picture here, how many teams would Leo have actually started for in the SEC? That's how I judge talent. Kind of like uh, Shea Patterson. Well, we never got an opportunity to see what's going on because it reminded me, you remember a kid when we were younger, his name was Todd Marinovich. They called him the Black Sunday. He played at uh, USC Trojans, and he went on to play with the Raiders. He was a prodigy like Shea Patterson, but his dad controlled every aspect of him like Shea Patterson. 
Shay's dad controlled Shay Patterson. It was very toxic. Uh, I'm not going to get into the details there because it's widely known. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to leave that out there so it comes to no surprise to me that neither one of them got drafted. Now, Leo went on to the – he signed a free agency at the Steelers, I believe. I'll be hard-pressed if he even makes the team. Hey, he might be on his way to the practice squad. I, I really don't know. More power to him. They're going to have their eyeball on that kid, you know, because of what, what all he did. And Shea Patterson, I, 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 the XFL is gone. I don't even think he's going to go to the NFL. I, I don't even think that he will go. And, it, and you know, kid, what, he passed for almost 80 touchdowns and had these Atari numbers. You know, there, there's a lot of there, there's a lot of questions that the NFL scouts. That that's the reason Chad Kelly was such a big deal. You know, they they picked him as Mr. Irrelevant, and it took him after get, after him getting his ass whipped with a vacuum cleaner by walking into the wrong house. You know, he's got a backup role with the Colts. Props to him. Who knows? Maybe. Leo can follow suit, and he might actually make a team. But as far as Shea goes, I, I don't know. I just can't see it. But do you know who came out and smelled like a rose out of this deal? Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen came out smelling like an absolute rose. Him and Strickland during this entire situation, and they're off making millions and millions of dollars at Florida. And they don't have to worry about that headache anymore. It's pretty wild. I'll say this. Give me my thoughts. Four years ago, Shea Patterson, he really impressed at camps. Um, The daddy factor was huge. He did change, and I've never even thought about it in high school. He changed teams a lot. A bunch. A Um, bunch in high school. He carried carried himself Drew Brees-esque. His delivery was, it reminded me of Brees, the way he could drop a ball in. But, there's still issues there. It kind of goes, it's, it's a lot deeper than, we will probably take up a whole podcast talking about the psychological issues there with Shea Patterson. Oh, and yeah, absolutely. You, absolutely. you want to get even, you want to get any worse, man, Leo Lewis. I mean, dad's in jail. You go through that whole recruiting deal with, with Leo. LSU paid him. Mississippi State paid him. Ole Miss paid him. All three of them. Made money. Yeah. And, and you know, the first thing a state fan will tell you is, no, it wasn't an actual Mississippi State booster that did it. it, it, it there's always some kind of, they throw oh, shade. Uh, each each team throws shade. Ole Miss throws shade. But I'm just telling you, the kid got his ass paid by a few universities. Bottom line. But go ahead. Leo Lewis. I can remember the recruitment of Leo Lewis. I can remember Hugh Freeze, as crazy as it sounds, taking a birthday cake to Leo Lewis's dad in prison. Do you remember that? I don't remember it. I don't remember yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, Hugh Freeze was so serious. Even though it went through his either mother or grandmother, he still took his dad, which was in prison, a uh, birthday cake. 
But then then came along, you know, Hugh Freeze's issues with NCAA. And, you know, the, it's kind of funny how these stories are, are woven together between Shea Patterson and Leo Lewis, and they become kind of the bookend for college football. So that's what uh, I'm saying. Miss, that's, that's, you know. Between, between everybody, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, Shea, Shea Patterson comes to Ole Miss. Leo Lewis goes to Mississippi State. You know, they have that great class in 16. You know, everybody talks about the 2013 class. Yeah, put Ole Miss on the map, raise NCAA's eyebrows. But what until the, the draft and that 16 class that, that really got the investigators going? And it wasn't until after that signing of that class with Shea Patterson in it and little Harry Tunsil deal at draft night that got the NCAA Back on campus, they got immunity. Yeah, immunity. So NCAA, I'll, I'll never forget this part of the story. NCAA goes to Alabama because Alabama and Ole Miss were were competing for players at that point. <laughs> Nick Saban said, "Get the hell out of my office." That's why I have the utmost respect for Nick Saban. There's a code. I don't care what you say. You can you can write me messages. There is a gentleman's code in college football. Everybody knows where the bodies are buried. You don't talk about it. You just get beat and you go home. That's right. Not to Dan, not to Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen threw his football down and stomped his feet and whined. And then some people started talking. They hated Freeze, man. Freeze was getting, and Barney Farrar were getting whoever they wanted to. Well, here, here's but, the main reason. Here's, you want to know why they hated him so much? Real quick, well, they 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 probably knew his deep dark secrets and well, everything no, no, no. that he no, was listen, professing listen. in the open wasn't really true. No, here's 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 bottom line: why these why Hugh Freeze was either loved or hated. The reason is he beat Alabama twice, and they're like, "Oh, he cheated." Well, you do understand that he only had six five star athletes on the entire team. Meanwhile, Alabama had 27 five-star. So what's your point, Wes? My point is, is that he outcoached Nick Saban. That's, how, that's the reason they wanted him out of there. He simply outcoached them with way lesser talent. Way lesser talent. Uh, man, takes, Freeze. You know, when, free, when the NCAA investigator walked in his office in 13 or 14, whenever it was, and he started throwing Bible verses at him and then yelling at him the next second, told him to get out of his office. You freeze was in trouble. And then he made his, well, oh, his deathly post on Twitter. If you have any vi known violations, please report him to compliance at OldMiss.edu. I mean, come on. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you can make up you can make up stuff at that point and then report it. You can do anything. But, You're just setting yourself up for failure at that point. All right. So let me finish this. Let me finish this thought out real quick. So Leo Lewis goes state. Patterson, Ole Miss, seventeen. You know they the, the investigation of Ole Miss gets very deep. Freeze is fired. Uh, Shea Patterson finishes out that year. Decides to transfer. You know everybody remembers the jet private jet flying into Oxford and Shea Patterson and. Uh, Michigan coach eating an IHOP, but you know, at the same Harbaugh. time, Leo Lewis, yeah. yeah, Lewis is getting interviewed 
by the NCAA, invest, NCAA investigators with immunity, you know, he's spilling all of it. You know, everything state gave him LSU, Ole Miss, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the thing about it is this kid, man, he got used. And it goes back to kind of what you were talking about with Mullen. Mullen laughed all the way to the bank in Florida. He made oh, millions. Yeah. Him, and, he, him and his country club buddy, uh, Strickland. It came out smelling like a rose. And Leo Lewis is left hung out to dry. I feel bad and, for the kid almost. I'm not kidding. It, it, he never produced on the field for state. I, I don't care. He, he he. Twenty years from now, when we think back on great linebackers at Mississippi State, Leo, Leo Lewis will not be in that conversation, or even good linebackers. He's not an honorable. He's not an honorable mention. No. Mm-mm. You know, not at all. You, you know, uh, I got to tell you this before I lose this train of thought. The one thing that really upsets me about all of this is what Shea Patterson did. What he did is change college football forever. He, he because did. of the this, transfer, this is, this because is of a the great transfer point. portal, yeah, because of the transfer portal, and people have no allegiance anymore. Everybody was fighting all over this. Shea Patterson has ruined college football forever with this transfer portal thing. That is all on him. All because you know, not on him because of him. You know, everybody's and trying I, to blame Justin way. Fields from Georgia, but Shea Patterson no. was the original guy that, that hired the lawyer Patterson. that that created the, the chaos because yep. I think it's starting next year. You can transfer one time without any penalty. That was the proposed, crazy, man. Uh, proposed regulations at the NCAA meetings just a couple of weeks ago. It, it came out. They announced these changes. Well, look at how crazy this is. Let's say you're – this is the reason I don't like it. You can throw out competition out of the water. If you if you are a five-star or – it doesn't even matter what you are. Let's say you're a two-star, two-star linebacker, for instance, and you go in there and you have the starting role and a five-star gets recruited for, you know – in that five star to get in start role, he he doesn't want to compete for that job anymore. He wants to go somewhere where he can start immediately. So there's a mindset that is automatically thrown out at that point. Competition is gone. Hey, if I can't get it here, I will go somewhere else. I don't like that at all. I don't like it at all. Yeah, yeah the whole uh, thing, I mean, the whole thing is power. Yeah, I mean, you're fight recruiting twice. Exactly. And it's Shane Patterson recruited twice. And Shea Patterson's point, it was like five times. This kid went all over the place, from Michigan to Louisiana to IMG in Florida to Mississippi, back to Michigan. I mean, it is crazy. And it ruined college sports. You know. Hey, let me ask you, let me ask your opinion on this. Shea Patterson, he a better quarterback if he coaches under freeze. A hundred percent. But here's the thing. He would he would have lost that start he would have lost that job anyway because Jordan Tiamu yeah, was showing him out. Yeah. Well, I guess he did play a year under Freeze. He did. Yeah. 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 He played hey. that first year. Freeze are still there. Yeah. Jordan was coming in his own. If you remember during the LSU game, he showed up and showed out, and he never looked back. Never looked back. Yeah, I'm glad to see um, him get his chance at Kansas City. But you know those books are. 
are put on the shelf because they're they, you know they're they're a dark part of Mississippi football college football history now. Well, you know, it also it also didn't help, and I'm not going to say who for certain reasons, but it didn't help that certain people out there were trying to make this worse by writing books or whatever it may be, and that certainly made the the whole situation even even more dark. It brought more negativity to the state, regardless if it was Ole Miss or State or Southern Miss or whoever it is, but you can't write hit pieces like that in a hard in a hard novel, thinking that it's going to help the situation. Because all you're doing no. is trying to help, all you're doing is trying to help yourself. I, I look, I don't care who you who you pull for in college. Every single team out there pays their players. Every one of them. In some form there's or fashion, no, they do. Yes, I there's agree. nobody that's clean. I'll tell Holy you this, if you, for, for, every, for everybody that's listening to this, if you get a chance, well, not for everybody, for Mississippi State or Ole Miss fans, if you really want to take a deep, dark look at what happened to Ole Miss, uh, there, there was an assistant coach that came on Ben Garrett's podcast. I think it's called Walk of Champions. Yes, and it's a very good I, one. I actually listened to that, that episode, that specific episode, twice. It's so good. Man, they get, this guy gives you a look. I'm going into names in uh, great, great detail, but he gives you a deep, dark look into college football. How bad it really is. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yeah, everybody needs to go check that out. If you love college football, I don't care if you're a Tennessee fan, LSU fan, whatever you are, but it's just the way that players are recruited, man. Just like that. Oh, man. He goes into Georgia and what Georgia's doing right now. Woo! you talking about somebody throwing around some cash. Oh, the Ford Raptors and, and all. You know, you know I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I've got, uh, I've got a, a, on my camera roll on my, in my iCloud, I, I've got there was a, there was an idiot, a linebacker from LSU, that posted a picture of all of his players' cars and watches. This dude was a sophomore, and Ole Miss actually recruited him. Um, oh, he was a sophomore, and he had a Rolex watch, and he was driving a Mercedes uh, G wagon, a hundred thousand dollar G wagon. And he didn't become the starter for LSU until he was a junior. I looked at it. LSU is loaded with that. Alabama is loaded with it. Just, just Google Alabama football players and cars. And you, that's all you have to do. And, but, and, and it just pops right up. Every school does it. Every, every school does it. Yeah, I mean, there, there's – as long as Nick Saban is at Alabama – Nothing's going to happen. When, when Mark Emmert is your best friend, you, you're not. Nothing's happening to you. <laughs> That's You got that right. That The old saying, you know, if you get a DUI, you go to a DUI lawyer, that lawyer is going to play golf with that judge on a Sunday, and they're going to discuss how much it's going to take to get you out. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real thing. Oh. <laughs> All right, well, Wes, we, for those of you that don't know this, Wes and I divide this up today because we, we actually started recording, what, Wes, 11 o'clock today? 
eleven o'clock. Le- yeah, eleven o'clock. Was, I had an emergency at the farm. And it was it, it was the wildest emergency. He said, "Wes, we got to stop recording. I've got a baby stuck." I'm serious. That's what he said. I got a baby stuck. And I was like, what in the hell are you talking about? And that's so I, his, I uh, told, calf. Yeah, I said, I said, break, break. We're going to have to come back and record this. So it's kind of a broken episode. You won't be able to tell by listening to it. But that, that's kind of how it worked out today for us. But we'll be back into this week. Wes, I enjoyed it. A lot of fun. Absolutely, man. I love this. I love it. I mean, Hopefully, I'm so we'll... glad that I am so glad that you brought out the point about the transfer. Uh, you know, and I was thinking about that the other day. That is the greatest, greatest point you could have made. Yeah, because I don't want people to throw shade at Leo Lewis. It has to be at Shea Patterson too, because he changed the face of college football with all of his transfers. The transfer yeah. portal. <laughs> yeah, everybody <laughs> wants to blame Justin Fields, but. It's, it's Shea Patterson, man. He hired the, the Walmart lawyer. And now yeah, that guy well, works at the NCAA. Well, before – I have one last one last thing to say before we get off of here. Um, I've been doing some thinking on it, and I, I, I do want to do that podcast about the best restaurants in Mississippi, the best food, what we like the best. I think that's a good one that we can work on. I love it. I mean, a large, a large percentage of the people that listen to this are from Mississippi or a state that neighbors Mississippi that they come through here all the time. Big great podcast for them to listen to to you know have stopping points as they pass through. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. I enjoyed right. it, Wes. We will get back together at the end of the week. Thank you again. We want to thank all of you that listen to this edition of the End of the Line podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. <laughs>